Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly True Stories by Rick Hall. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 30. Wait, I thought the last one was 30. Okay, I just made that up. I don't know what episode it is, okay? Welcome welcome to an episode. An episode. The next episode of So Says Rick. With an undisclosed number. (laughs) We are just back from a camping trip. We had a fantastic time with our friends Jan and Tim Grimm. And we started in Bend, Oregon, worked our way down to the Sequoias. Which, you know what's crazy? We've lived in this part of the country for over 30 years, and this is the first time for us to see these sites that are so close to us. I know. it was It's ridiculous, but it was so beautiful. We had a fantastic time. Right. You know, in my defense, farmers don't usually camp. I remember when I was younger, I asked my dad about camping, and he goes, well, I work outside all day so I can sleep in a house. So camping was not on the radar. No, no. I learned to camp from you, Laurel. Right, because my family grew up camping. And you took me backpacking in the Smokies. I'd never done that before. See, you've opened my eyes to new things, honey. There you go. That and beets. Beets. I like beets. Yeah. I didn't like them before. But let's get back to the farm, shall we? Because this episode is all about the farm. Yes. So even though we're back in L.A., Rick had recorded this episode in Illinois when he was on the farm. I went back there last month to help my brother plant the corn. The weather was perfect. We got so much done. And one night I said, hey, Rob, I'm going to turn on the recorder and let's just talk and see if we can come up with an episode for my podcast. Turns out my brother is more than game. I got him to do some pretty fun stuff. (laughs) So it's not so much a story, although you guys do tell some stories in it, but it's really them just talking about farming. And it kind of, by accident, turned into a Father's Day story, so that's why we're doing it just a couple days before Father's Day. Right, because your dad was the one who taught you how to farm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you know, it reminds me that you can take the boy off the farm. You've been living in big cities for several years now. Yes. But you can't take, you know, wait, what's the saying? You can take the boy off the farm, but you can't take the farm off the boy. Wait. (laughs) Out of the... Out of... You can take the boy off the farm, but you know the rest. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, when he's talking to his brother, you may notice that he even gets his Midwestern accent even thicker than normal. I don't think so, but we'll see. (laughs) So this episode is called Monkey Soil. Which is an interesting and somewhat confusing title. Well, by the end of the episode, you'll find out. My brother will give a description of what monkey soil is. Okay, so let's get started. Here we go with monkey soil. Well, I am on my farm in Illinois, sitting with my brother, Rob, who takes care of everything on the farm. When people in California say, wait a minute, you've got 140 acres back there? Who runs it for you? Well, here's the guy that runs it for me. Hi, Rob. Hello. Now, Rob is my little brother, five years younger than me, but we learned how to farm from who? Dad. Yeah, Dad taught us everything. Do you remember 
when we came home from school one time, Dad said, I won't be here so you guys can rotary hoe those beans. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I took the 560, which was a little tractor compared to our tractors now, and I could do four rows, mm -hmm. and you had the H, and you could do two rows. Yes. And that was really slow, and we thought we were farmer. <laughs> and so equipment has gotten a lot bigger over the years. Matter of fact, since I was living on the farm, I come back and I work a week or so here and there. How big is your planter, Rob? It's 16 rows spaced 30 inches apart, so it covers 40 feet. Wow! Now, when Dad was started farming, he was on... 38-inch rows, and he had a two-row planter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When he would turn around with the H tractor, which was a narrow front tractor, it looked like a tricycle, he would spin around, and he would drive in the same tire track on the one side. Oh, yeah. So he was only going as wide as what the tractor was. While I was home helping Rob this this time, I was pulling a till-all, it's called, which is kind of like a field cultivator and a disc and a harrow all together. How wide was that? It's 35 feet. So 35 feet wide. It's like a two-lane street. Like if you're driving something oh, as, yeah. as wide as a two-lane street, it's easy to run into things, as a matter of fact. Oh, gosh. Tell them what happened to the neighbor. We went down to work a field, and as I crested the hill, I'm like, that utility pole doesn't look right. And it was leaning over, hanging by the wires, and they had a hired man that just barely clipped it, that pole with his implement and broke the pole off snapped at the ground. Snapped it off like snapped a it off. toothpick. Here's another memory I have. Do you remember this? There was a sale barn in town where you could buy livestock, but they had a kitchen. Oh, yeah. If you went with Dad, the treat that day was to go get a hamburger in that kitchen. Best hamburgers ever. And all these guys are smoking cigarettes in there. <laughs> smell of cow manure. And cow manure and greasy burgers. And the smell of hamburger grease and cigarette smoke... <laughs> Just bring back these fond memories. It does. And Dad didn't smoke or drink or any of that stuff, but no. that was one of my great memories of being with Dad. And that smelled even today, cigarette smoke and hamburger grease. <laughs> so I came home to help Rob, hoping that the weather would be good, and it was good weather for the first four days. We had how many acres of corn did we need to plant? 370. Okay, I live in Los Angeles. I write and record things for my job. And I was working 12 and 13 hour days with Rob here. And he's used to this. Man, it was killing me. We worked four days, was it? Five days. So my job was to prep the fields for Rob to come through and plant them. And it was going to start raining on Sunday and Saturday night. Rob came in at 11.30 at night after leaving the house at, what, 6 a.m.? 6 or 6.30, yes. Oh, 6.30, you slacker. <laughs> and we got it all in, and then Sunday... Here came the rain. Which would be... A little rain would be good on that. Yes, right? oh yeah, That'd to settle everything in. And, but three inches here, and all the counties upstream on the creek that drains through our ground where we were planting, everyone got two to three inches of rain. And, and add to it our three inches of rain. Yes. And these fields that we worked so hard to plant look like lakes in the middle of them now. Yes. 
we drove around today and looked at things and there was a duck on one part of the field. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And and to add insult to injury, the fields worked beautifully. There's nonstop work to be done on the farm, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. There's always something. That's the thing. Even when it started raining, I was like, well, what do we do now? Well, we fix broken equipment. We switch over for the next thing, for, you know, put on the shredder for doing fence rows and, and taking out brush. Oh, speaking of that, Rob's got a new machine that goes on the front of a skid loader, a little, uh, what do you call this? It's a tracked skid steer. <laughs> there you go. Look that up on the Google. A tracked skid steer. But it's like a big jaw with teeth on it. And I was pulling up these renegade little trees that were growing on a levee that were thorn trees and little mulberry trees that would just kind of ruin the levee. And I was doing that all afternoon yesterday until I got stuck and Rob had to pull it. <laughs> it was stuck, yes. But that's what happens. You can't help it sometimes. <laughs> One of the things Dad used to do in the winter was when it snowed to go clear out all the driveways for all the neighbors. Because when you got a, you know, almost half mile driveway and it's packed with snow, people can't get out. Mm -hmm. And so dad would go out with the tractor. One time I remember the wind was so cold. It was 20 or 30 below with a wind chill. Mm -hmm. And I remember it being 50 below, but that, that's probably <laughs> not true. But my job was to sit in the truck with the heater on and wait for dad to finish clearing a driveway and he'd be out in the open on that tractor yes, no cab no then i would drive to the next house while he drove the truck and warmed up for three or four minutes uh. and that three minute drive to the next house i was so frozen <laughs> I, I would sit there for the half an hour it took him to clear the next driveway just warming up enough to go to the next one mm -hmm. our dad was a bit of a superman oh know? absolutely yeah he Came in one time and he had little white spots on his cheek. Oh, frost, getting frostbit. Frostbit. Yeah, I remember one of his ears got frostbit too. Hmm. Now I heard a story, Rob, and uh, hope you don't mind telling it. You and your girls would go out and and do the same thing, right? Well, yes, I I would clean out driveways with tractors, but then also I thought, who in the church or who in town can we go and I uh, can take the girls and we can clean out their their driveways. And I thought, why do we need drywall Wade Town? We had Betty Woolsey, Bob Teal, Laquita McAdams. These are real names, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you don't make those up, man. <laughs> Laquita. Yeah, that's a good name. Yeah. I'll use that in a story someday. <laughs> we got to where we would go and clean out their driveways and uh, sidewalks, and it was a real blessing to them. And it taught the girls how to give to others and not expect anything in return. In the same way Dad taught us. Oh, absolutely. And, and Mom, too. But you know, something like that, that was Dad. And you don't need to mention the name of the person, but one of the ladies who you cleaned out her driveway that day was able to get out, and she hadn't planned on going into town, right? She asked me how the roads were, and she would not have been able to get out of her driveway, but her husband was in the hospital. She went to see her husband, and uh, he died not too long after that. And when I went through the funeral visitation, she told me, she says, I'm not church-going or religious person, but I know that God sent you there to clean out my driveway so I could see my husband before he died. She wouldn't have seen him if you hadn't done that. No, she was not going to go to town. I was just trying to teach our girls 
how to be a good neighbor and a good person, but uh, it had such an impact. That was something. Yeah, and it had an impact on you, too. And Yeah. You know, we talk about miracles in the church. I think God works through people in instances like that. You couldn't have known, and yet you did you did something good for somebody. Being obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading is what that was. More and more, I am aware of it and more obedient to doing. We're getting off on something else, but okay. even anymore, if somebody pops into my head two or three times, I'll text them. You know, and just reach out to them, a friend from college that I haven't seen forever, but he popped in my head for the third time in, in a matter of days. That's what I like about texting, yeah. because you can you don't have to have a long conversation. And you don't have to, like, make them stop what they're doing. They can read it when they can. Yes. So it, I do like it. At first, I didn't like texting, but I like it to just send a word of encouragement or, or just... Uh, check in with somebody. Check in with somebody. Okay, you didn't like texting because you had a stupid flip phone and you had to push each button three or four times to get a letter. <laughs> but you know what? I what? got to where I could text with one hand and plant. I don't have GPS in my tractors, which is self-driving mode, basically. You, you get straightened around at the end of the field, you push a button, and it will steer and have perfectly straight rows. I don't have that, so I still have to drive. But I could text with one hand, and I knew if I needed L, I pushed the middle button three times. You have a gift, Rob. Oh, I did. I could text faster on that old flip phone than I can on my little... Because you have to look at your my <laughs> smartphone. Now, and then, now oh, you're just bragging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Technology. <laughs> Actually, you have to be careful doing talk-to-text... Oh, yeah. The other day, I said, this wasn't bad, but I sneezed, and, and my phone said, How are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one day, I was texting a friend and talking about taking the, when you take the first load or two out of a grain bin filled with your grain that you harvested and you've stored it for several months, you take the first load or two out to take the core out of the center of the bin. Well, when I said... I've cored out our bands. You said that on text. I said that on text. talk to text. Right. Well, it came out. I've hoard, <laughs> hoard out my band. <laughs> so you you, you you have to read what you talk to text. Right. Well, I think we all know that, and that's an important life lesson, and whether you're a farmer or not. <laughs> now, when Rob was younger, he used to drive his little toy tractors and stuff in the dirt, and Rob could imitate every piece of equipment on our farm. I bet you still could. I mean, you, you want to do it? <laughs> you always, you and Vicky both say, you did the John Deere so good. Can you do the John Deere? Oh, was that, it was an old clunker John Deere. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I'll be interested to hear what the recording sounds <laughs> yeah. like. I think I put you through enough paces, Rob. I <laughs> had a good time working with you this yes. week. Yes. Thanks for doing my podcast, and we'll uh, we'll see what we come up with here. I love hearing you and Rob laugh together like that. We had a lot of fun recording it, and Rob was game for anything I asked him to do. That was also what was fun. 
Okay, but some of it is a little insider for farmers. You don't even realize it because it comes so natural to right. you. Okay, but ask, let's what? explain a few things to our listeners. Okay, okay. Ask me. One of the machines you guys talked about was a track skid steer. You say that like it's a question. It's a track skid steer. Okay. All right. Um, you see them on construction sites. Uh, a lot of times the brand name is a Bobcat, and it's a pretty small little uh, implement which has two wheels really close together so it can turn on a dime and it has a scoop on the front of it, a big scoop on the front of it. And that's what I use to pull up the trees because instead of the scoop, we put the jaws on it and the track skid steer could pull it out of the ground. Okay, here's another one. Okay. You talked about a piece of equipment that had a field cultivator, a disc, and a harrow. Mm -hmm. It's called a till-all. Okay, and what are those three things? Okay, what they do is a field cultivator has a whole bunch of shovels on it, little shovels on spring arms that you go through the field first and dig up the field. And then the disc is what exactly that. It's this series of sharp discs that chop up the soil, like if it's lumpy or cloddy, mm -hmm. and that will help uh, break it up into smaller pieces. And the harrow comes along and breaks up those clods even more and then levels it out. But why it's called a till-all is because... It's all three of those things together. Amazing. I know, I know. And it used to be you would take three passes through the field to do what this thing does in one pass. So it saves a lot of fuel and time. The till-all. This is an advertisement <laughs> for till-all. We should get sponsorship from till-all. We should. Okay, one more question. Okay. You're talking about the tractor that your dad drove. The H. And and turning it around, it seems to me that turning one of those big, giant pieces of machinery around would be a lot harder. Well, in a way it is. Yeah, you're right. You're in a way because you've got this big, you know, to the right side of your wheel, for instance, you have 15 feet sticking out there. So you, it's easy to hook things like the guy that knocked down the right. light pole, the utility pole. But with that little tractor, it had to turn so sharp that my dad would come through the field and if he made a right turn, let's say, he'd have to turn so sharp that when he went back through the field again, he'd have to have his right wheel in the same track he came down the field in. Mm. So it's a really sharp turn. Wow, that's amazing. And here's something else you probably don't know, and I will enlighten you, is that tractors have two brakes on them, a right and a left brake. And when you're making a right turn, for instance, when you turn it, you hit the brake really hard and it turns on a dime. And like Rob said, the H, which is a small little tractor, had a narrow front end like a tricycle. So man, that thing could turn on a dime. If you're ever using a till-all, honey, when you get to the end of the field, you always pick it up before you make the turn. Don't ever make the turn with the till-all down. Oh, yeah, because that would sort of tear up the soil at the end, right? You get it. That's right. That's right, actually. Thank you very much. And it's it's kind of hard on the equipment. And you and Rob learned all this from your dad. Yep, the basics of it, everything we learned from our dad. So I'm glad it turned into a Father's Day episode. Yeah, that's great. And I am grateful for my dad as well, who was not a farmer. Uh, he's He spent his career tilling the fields of the early days of computers at IBM. <laughs> <laughs> There's a stretch of a metaphor, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go with us on this one, folks. You know, it seems like dads have sayings that they say all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, has your dad got one? Oh, yeah, and actually, I've picked it up. I say it all the time, which is, 
for the shape we're in, we're in pretty good shape. Oh, yeah. You say that all the time. I do. Except when we're not in good shape. Right. <laughs> uh, do I have any? Oh, my gosh. Say? You have a million of them. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> you just have to ask our kids. Yeah, oh, right. Okay. Every time I make beats, what do you say? <laughs> really? You want me to say it? Yeah. And the beats go on. Every time. If you didn't <laughs> say it, we would be concerned that something was wrong. <laughs> and my friend Sarah, her dad, uh, his name is Dick Joyner. If someone says to him, how you doing, Dick? He'll say, bordering on magnificent. Wow. Isn't that great? That is a great way to yeah. end the episode, to end a Father's Day episode. So thanks for being with us. Wait a minute. We, we... You still haven't told us what monkey soil is. Oh, yeah. And that's the name of the episode. <laughs> right. um, my brother, while I was home, used the term monkey soil several times. And so I turned on the recorder and I asked him to explain what monkey soil is, but since he does character voices so well, I had him do it in the voice of an old farmer we know from back home. I'm not going to name the farmer, but if you grew up where I grew up, Rob sounds exactly like him. So to end the episode, I ask Rob, so what is monkey soil? Well, Ricky, you see... Monkey soil is that beautiful black prairie soil that raises a good crop every year. The reason I call it monkey soil is because if you're lucky enough to farm that kind of ground, you can just go to a pet store and buy yourself a monkey. You bring him home and you put him on your planter tractor and then you just turn him loose, let him plant all your corn. That soil is so rich, you'll still raise a bumper crop. And that's why I call it monkey soil. <laughs> <laughs>